Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the off-season. We're going to have another edition of our What Ifs episode. We had the Canterbury Bulldogs. What if they won the 2012 and 2014 Grand Final the other day? Worth going and having a look at that one. And I did I did ask people to send me in. Uh, if you want us to do another What If, uh, let us know. And Matty, I got absolutely done and dusted in What If the Broncos won in 2015. Welcome back, mate. This one's going to be a cracker. Hello, Guru. I think, yeah, this one, because it was... Probably one of the closest GFs ever, if not the closest. This definitely is a genuine what if because the Broncos were one play away from winning it. And my God, history could have been changed. And mate, history would have been changed. It would have been insane. And when you look back at the careers of so many players, I, I would you argue that this loss, as much as we probably didn't feel the, that they didn't feel the effects of it for a couple of years, I think you can almost, in, in one way or another, track the demise of the Broncos over the last few few years, back to this game, whether it be Wayne Bennett or whether it be just not having genuine premiership winners in your team during that 19 to current period, uh, I think you, you can link quite a bit back to this game. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll, we'll get into it, but there's a lot of moving pieces surrounding the Broncos the following years after 2015. Obviously, the big one being Wayne Bennett, Woody of... State of the Broncos longer, would he have not? And then that trickles all the way down. So you never know, but we'll uh, we'll be discussing it for sure. And then it, of course, trickles down to other clubs, you know. Your club, South Sydney Rabbitohs, would they have got Wayne Bennett if, uh, you know, yeah. w- would the Dolphins have Wayne Bennett as their head coach now if the Broncos would have won this ground? It's just, there's would, so would, would Anthony Seabold be coaching Manly next year? Uh, 100%. Where would, yeah, there's so many layers to go into this. It is... Crazy. A heap to talk about. Uh, just off the top, this grand final, the first ever all-Queensland grand final, hopefully the last one, respectfully to you bastards up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an unbelievable moment to be there for. Me and Maddie. we were lucky enough to both be there for this grand final. I think we've both got uh, a bit of a yarn about the day. I know that when I went out there, I brought the tickets for me and three of my mates. And I can't remember what actually occurred on the day, but two of them couldn't come, Maddie. So I was left with these two spare tickets and oh. had to find a way to get rid of them um and this obviously this was 2015 so i'm like i'm on gumtree i'm on ebay i'm doing all i'm finding all these different ways to fucking try the you know the the facebook and everything 
it was actually hard to give it to someone on the day in Sydney because they were two Queensland teams. <laughs> anyway, I'm on Gumtree and this person reaches out to me. Uh, have you sold these yet? I went, no. They went, okay, I'll buy them off you. I went, yep, good as gold. So I'm out at the stadium and I'll never forget, oh, I sat right up in in the nosebleeds and I had to walk all the way down the spiral thing to get down to the bottom, the two people that were buying them, um, two tourists. And uh, they were very keen that they're only in Australia for a couple more days. I think they were from Germany, it was. And they, and yeah, this is when the New South Wales Cup and everything's on, like during the, uh, during the day. And I remember I gave them the tickets um, through the gate and I said, Oh, are you going to come in now? I'll walk back up with you. And they sort of said, Oh, no, we're going to go and get a beer and we walk around. I went, Yeah, good as gold, sweet. Anyway, the game's about to kick off. We've still got these two spare seats next to us. No one's there yet. They, they walk in after about 10 minutes and, and sit down. So, obviously, very casual fans weren't even there for the kickoff of the grand final. And I'll never forget, with about five minutes to go, Maddie, they looked at me and they go, they stood up and I went, what are you doing? And they go, oh, we're going to beat the traffic. Oh, you're kidding. And I went, oh, oh, no. Probably don't. It's pretty close. And they went, oh, yeah, but it'll just take us forever to get home. Like, there, it's over. They've won. I was like, oh, it can change very quickly. I, will, I probably wouldn't. Anyway, five minutes to go. They left to beat the traffic. Oh, my God. You know, I've never understood that. And <laughs> you know what? Quick, quick sidebar to that. The reason I've never understood that is because I've always thought you don't go to a football game or go to an event or go to a concert or do anything to get home on time. Yep. Like, you never remember what time you got. Like, why would you not just, just stay there? Being a bit of a hypocrite here because... In 2010, I was at the Roosters Tigers semi-final with my mate, mm-hmm. and my mate's dad picked us up a bit, of, like five minutes to go, ten minutes to go, again to beat traffic, and that was the game that Brayton has to kick that field goal. <sighs> so I was, I remember we got home into actually it was actually probably even like halfway through the second half because we were just sitting up in members and we were just we we're just there like just because like we had nothing else to do. So it's not like we were there for any you know huge reason, but. We got back to my mate's house and we, we he saw Bray pick a field goal and then what happened? We just looked at each other like, I probably should have stayed. Oh, I just, and especially for them when they'd come from the other side of the world to go to this event. Uh, as you said, are you ever going to remember that you got home 40 no, minutes earlier? I don't, than, I don't get it, seriously. And it's and even at events like that, just the atmosphere of on the train home or whatever mm. it might be, like, it's mad. I, I also, my other memory from that game, I, and like, as I said, I was up in the nosebleeds, but... Where I was sitting, it was like I was directly behind Thurston's jersey when he was lining up the goal kick from the sideline. Oh, cool. And you see the footage of Thurston that he starts to celebrate and then it misses. As soon as it came with his boot, I just remember thinking, that's never going to miss. That is a perfect kick. That's going to curl around perfectly. And you saw Thurston start to celebrate it. And I'll swear by it, from the angle I was on, I would have said it was over for all money and it was never going to miss. So we had pretty good seats in that front. Then the other thing I'll never forget, mate, is after the game, we we went across to the pub across the road, which uh, wasn't as packed as it usually is because there was no Sydney teams, obviously. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget just standing at the bar. And, you know, th- there's been other grand finals I've I've been at out there that after it, it's a fucking war zone. Like yeah. the, the South Sydney and the Bulldogs one, you know, big rivalry there, Roosters Canary, huge rivalry. Fans are a little bit on edge. I'll never forget the Cowboys and the Broncos fans, mate, just how much they got around each other. I remember I was standing really? at the bar and there was a guy next to me, um, a Cowboys fan, and he, he he ordered all of his beers and everything and was about to pay and a Cowboys fan sort of came over and goes, oh, this night's for you, I'll get it. 
And I just oh. remember standing there going, what the fuck is happening here? And I saw it two or three times throughout the night. Uh, it was it was unreal, and it was great. Obviously, Queenslanders coming down to Sydney uh, and just enjoying the moment. And it was a bit of a weird grand final in that sense because it was little brother beating big brother. So no matter how you sort of looked at it, it was a fantastic moment. And I think the even Broncos fans, despite how devastated they were, could appreciate that side of things. Yeah, it's funny. Like as much as I hate Queensland from a rugby league sense, and as much as they're bad losers and even worse winners when it comes to Origin, you go up there. Even in a Blues jersey on on the Caxton, and I remember, I, like I've been there a couple of times now, and I always thought it would be like heaps hostile, like you hear stories, but it it really isn't. They're super friendly. Like, obviously, there's like so much banter thrown around, and you cop a lot of shit, but it's all in really good spirit. I think I got to give it to the Queenslanders around Origin time, and we went we went up for Magic Round last year. It's it's really the place to be for for rugby league. It's fantastic. And to be fair, if my origin team was as good as theirs, I'd be an asshole too. Fucking earth. I'm an, I'm an asshole even when we lose. <laughs> what are your memories from that uh, grand final day, mate? Yeah, so uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go because South won the year before and I was like, fuck that. But um, on Instagram, Sportsbet put up a uh, like a, a game or a, or a oh, fuck, whatever it's called. And it was to win – it was like a trivia. It was like to win two tickets to the grand final. And – it was uh, five double passes you could win. And I just happened to be on Instagram as they were posting these things. Mm. And they were, the, the questions were super easy, right? Like super, super easy. And like literally I would refresh my Instagram and they sports bet would post one second ago. So I answered the question first and I won. And then that happened the next five times. So I thought I won every double pass because I was the first one <laughs> to do it. Anyway. I messaged them and they're like, oh, no, you can, you can only kind of win one. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll take my mate Josh. Anyway, we're on the train, Josh and I, and he's a Roosters fan, I'm a Rabbitohs fan. We, got, we don't give a fuck who wins, really. And he goes, who do you think's going to win? And I, re- I will never forget this because of what happened. I looked at him and I said, and, and he can attest to this, I said, I don't really care who wins. I just hope something cool happens. Yeah. And it was the coolest fucking day in rugby league. Well... I, I wasn't I was alive but I was two years old when Joey did the ninety seven grand final, so I don't remember that. So it was definitely the coolest thing I've ever seen in rugby league. And the best thing was my other mate who I go to the footy with all the time, Scott, he's a fucking legend. But this was the one game we didn't go together. Well it was not South, so you know, he he was going with his mate. And he booked these like gold seats. I think it was like pro- probably where where you are. It was up yeah. higher a bit. And our seats were shit. They were behind the post. And all week, he was fucking ragging on us because of like, oh, get some good seats, get some good seats. And it turns out our seats were row 10 on the corner post of where Kyle felt put the ball down. <sighs> it was like just the best seat you could possibly sit in. And we were, we were, it was the Broncos area. And then um, as soon as it all happened, I texted him like, did you, did you actually even see the try from all out there? He... Um, <laughs> And we, it's funny, Josh and I, even though it was, what, seven years ago now, we still give it to him for his shit seats, shit seats. compared to our amazing seats. But yeah, it was uh, just just a, a great day. And you talk about the, the kick for goal, obviously we were behind the post, so I we couldn't see where the ball was going, didn't know if it was going to hit, didn't know if it was going to miss. And I always, I'm sure everyone does this, but I always look at the touch judges. Mm. If they move, it's going to miss. If they stay still, it, they're going to get it. That's how I judge it. 
and the touches didn't move. So I'm thinking, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. He does get it. Then they move the tiniest bit and then it just hits the frame. Which everyone's just like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Man, I'd never get sick of watching that grand final. It is just fucking sick. Yeah, you mentioned those corner seats that you had. I remember I had very similar seats. And one of those moments where you think shit seats, but then a moment happens, you're in this perfect spot. I'll never forget 2005 were in those seats. Yeah. And when Benji did the flick pass... Benji's torso was directly facing us. Oh. It was, yeah, pr- pr- pretty special stuff. Another one that I'll just n- never, ever forget. Incredible. Mm. Um, speaking of that day in 2015, um, and a little bit off topic, but the Toyota Cup grand final that day was a pretty interesting one too. The Panthers, they beat the Manly Seagulls. Yeah. Uh, now, Nathan Cleary, he was the star of this Panther side. He was ruled out or wasn't allowed to play because he was played too many first-grade games or something or other. So, uh do you know who the halfback was that stepped in for him that day? No idea. Jerome Luai. Really? Wow. Just another little example for you of Luai without Cleary. Uh, absolutely killed it in this grand final. Uh, his hooker that day was Sonny Luke. You know what I didn't realise, Matty? And I'm not sure if you did or we haven't spoken about it. Yeah. You know, Sonny Luke's 26. Uh, you know what? I did know that, but I forgot recently. And yeah. now then someone commented on your thing and I was like, that's right, he is 26. Because we, like I've been speaking about him like he's a fucking young so guy. So have I. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I didn't realise he was that. Oh, I, I thought he was maybe 21, 22. Yeah. 26, so I didn't expect that. Some other names running around for this Panthers side. Brett Naden. Uh, Dylan Edwards was on the wing. Tyrone May in the six. Jerome Luai in the seven. Sonny Luke in the nine. Mosley Ota in the front row. Fisher Harris in the back row with Corey Hadawira Nida. Uh, and then for the Manly Seagulls, pretty handy. Their fullback, Tom Trevojevic. Of course. Their centre, Jesse Ramian. Uh, one of their edge Jesse back. Jesse Ramian. Was he yeah, Jesse Ramian. Fuck, I didn't know that. Neither did I. Uh, Luke Garner was in the back row for them. Uh, and they're 14. Oh, no, I thought it was Nico Hines. It's not. It's Nico Lynn. Oh. Anyway, can't <laughs> win them all. Uh, but, yeah, pretty cool to see that Panthers side with all those players, and especially with Jerome Law stepping in to replace Nathan Cleary. Fuck, it'd be good to go watch, watch that game. Yeah, I think Penrith did it pretty easy. I think they won it like 34 to 10 or something. Yeah. But Jerome Law has a proper like close to 10 out of 10 game. I remember him absolutely killing it then. Uh, it's funny. I um, When I worked at New South Wales Rugby League, we had all the tapes of all the old SG ball grand finals and that. Yep. And we've always, we all, like we, everyone always heard of the the Panthers versus Roosters SG ball grand final when it was Cleary versus Luttrell. Because that was 30 nil at half time, wasn't it? Nah, that was the 20s. That was the 20s. 20, oh, right. Now, this is the SG Ball Grand Final. Oh, SG Ball, yeah, right. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was sick watching that. I actually, see if I should get my hands on that because it was a fantastic watch. Because yeah. they're like, they're, they're kids. It's, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'd tune in for that, 100%. Uh, now, when it comes to this Grand Final, as we said, the first all-Queensland Grand Final, there's a couple of other things that make it uh, pretty special. And I went through and did some numbers, which are just crazy. So, of the last 15 Grand Finals... Sorry, of the last 50 grand finals, only 18 of them have seen both teams score more than 12 points in the entire game, yeah? So less than 50% of grand finals, both teams score 12 points. Um, Now, of those 18, only three of those have seen both teams score 10 points in the first half. Yeah, right. So you think about the last 50 grand finals, only three times have we seen both teams score 10 points or more in the first half. Uh, the halftime score in this one was 14 to 12. So this is the only grand final in the last 50 years 
And that, that, that's only as far back as I went. If you think about, you know, games back in 70s, 60s, quite often you're getting grand finals that are 4-2, 2-6, whatever it might be. I, I would be willing to say this is probably the only grand final ever where both teams score 12 or more points in the first half, which is unbelievable. Matty, the other two times that teams scored 10 points or more in the first half, one of them is in the NRL era. Another one is just before it. Do you want to have a stab in the dark at what games they were? If you get it, I'll be very, very, very impressed. Might even swap seats. Uh, 12 points. So NRL era. Yep. Um, That's from 98 to now. Um, so, man, I, I'll be here all day if I think. Let, let me... 2005? Nope. I don't know. Just tell me. So the first one was 1998. The very first NRL Grand Final, yeah. After Super League, uh, the Dogs led twelve to ten. Sorry, it's, it's the only time that teams have scored ten or more points. Did I say ten or more or twelve or more? I think you said twelve, but I still wouldn't have guessed. Ten or more, sorry, yeah, yeah. ten or more. So the the 2015 is the only one with twelve or more. But in 1998, the Bulldogs led 12-10 over the Brisbane Broncos. That was you know 17 years before this. Brisbane obviously went on to win that Grand Final. The one before that was 1990 when the Canberra Raiders led 12-10 over the Penrith Panthers. So that was 25 years before this. So pretty crazy to see two teams score 12 or more points. Hasn't been done before in a grand final. So another little thing that I think because the second half was so crazy and mm. Golden Point was so crazy, we forget how good the first half was. I just want to take you back to <laughs> in the fifth minute and the 30th second, Corey Parker. He kicks a penalty goal from about 40 metres out. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange decision at the time because the Broncos had a bit of the, uh, of the momentum. It was one of those moments, and I think the commentators even said it, Matty, where they said, oh, the Cowboys would be stoked with Brisbane making that decision. The Cowboys then kick off. Uh, Sam Thider, he takes the first hit up. He gets to about two metres out from his line. They're, they're on the back foot. Adam Blair takes a hit up. He gets an offload. Milford takes him on down the short side, puts Jack Reed away. He draws and pass on the fullback. Corey Oates scores. So all of a sudden they go from being having a bit of mo- a bit of momentum, the Brisbane Broncos, to taking a goal that was a bit controversial to only one tackle later, Matty, leading 8-0 in the grand final. Mm. Now off the back of that, the Cowboys kick off. Uh, they take it forward. Sam Thide returns the ball on the first tackle. The next tackle, Matt Gillette takes it up. He knocks it on on that tackle. There's a scrum. And then, of course, Jakey Granville, he sneaks out from behind the scrum, finds Justin O'Neill on his inside. He scores. That was in the ninth minute and 43rd second. And then Jonathan Thurston, he ends up kicking that goal uh, to convert that try in the 11th minute and the 10 seconds. So there's a six-minute period where there's 14 points scored and only two tackles completed, Matty. Unbelievable. It's crazy. It, I actually remember sitting at halftime and, like, literally had to take a breath because you were just like, holy Jesus. And then, because the second half, like, we'll get to the second half, because the second half was so, it was just not the same. It was the opposite. Yep. It was The only try was the last try, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think it ended up, I think the second half was, like, 5-2 or something, something like that. Yeah, it yeah, went, right. from, went from one of the highest scoring... Grand final halves, as far as both teams go, there's obviously been games where teams have blown out um, other teams, but 24 points for both, or 26 points for both teams to score more than 12, absolutely unheard of. So you're right, Matty, it really was. The first half was super exciting, but then the second half was completely different, but obviously a little bit more history made. Was, was and siren to siren. Yeah. It was 2 0. Because the, yeah, it was 2 0. Because it? The, I mean, obviously, Felt scored after the bell, and then the field goal was in golden point. So it was only that re- 
Wow. Only that there was no tri- there was no tries siren aside. Like obviously there was like after the siren, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like that crazy attacking for. I mean, sh- yeah, it was an insane game. Yeah, insane. And I, I know that you know obviously we weren't alive to watch the nineteen eighty nine grand final. And whenever I watched, I always think this is fucking unbelievable. Mm. But for me, obviously, you know, w- watching the eighty nine grand fi- grand final on tape and living through and being there for the twenty fifteen grand final. It's tough for me. It's very tough to say which one was the better grand final. Yeah, I think just for that reason, I'm saying 2015 with a big asterisk. Wasn't alive for 89 and 97. I was two years old, whatever. So, um, like, I'm totally happy for, for anyone to disagree if they've watched those games. Like, that's totally fine. But, yeah, in my lifetime of watching footy, it's it's the best grand final for sure. Yeah, and, then, and like, God, there, there's so many moments in this game that I – not forgot, but just just didn't recall when, when I rewatched it. Like as we we're saying before, there's a moment there where Kyle felt, oh not Kyle felt, uh, Kane Lynette should have mm. scored for all money. Thurston throws a pearler of a ball, he knocks it on um, in the twelfth minute. Like th- th- this first half could have had more points. Corey Oates is going to score for all money. Um, sorry, sorry, Kyle Felt's going to score, and Corey Oates comes over and makes a huge try saving tackle. Like. Yep. There's so many moments in this game. That Even the the Lachlan Coote one, like he he almost scored, but then yep. he got pinged for double movement in the in the second half as well. Just that was just after the Kane Lynette thing. Oh man! And like I think people forget the obviously you had the Michael Morgan try and whatnot, but the two minutes leading up to that is absolute fucking chaos. Yeah, there's turnovers everywhere. There's huge plays by Kyle Felt. It's uh, he the, the three minutes that he had there obviously scored the try, which is great. But he also came up with a big play on Ben Hunt, wasn't he? I think he had a one-on-one steal. Something, yeah, something like that. Got the yeah. ball back. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, so yeah, this grand final, a very very special one. Uh, we could probably talk about it all day, to be honest with you. But we do want to just dive into if the Broncos would have won this one, what it would have meant in the history of rugby league, the history of the Brisbane Broncos and the North Queensland Cowboys. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, the Broncos, they've won six premierships, uh, all under Wayne Bennett. Um, they'd never lost a grand final up until this one. They lose this one. So Bennett's record as a Broncos coach is six from seven. Um, and look, hard to ever beat that as a club coach. I don't think it ever will get beat. But Maddie, if it would have been seven from seven... Not that Wayne Bennett probably needs to be elevated to any greater heights, but it certainly would have, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, he'd still he's still number one in history, or from what I've seen. Um, he just would have been a more clear number one, I feel. And, I mean, it's, it would have been cool to have that seven from seven record. I, I think the, the more vital part of that is he would have stayed at Broncos longer. Which which would have changed him? Well, I I think the seventh seven would have been nice, but to me, he's still the best. Yeah, and I I, I I agree exactly with what you've said. When when you say if he would have won, he probably stays there. I mean, you, you look back at the way in which he left the Brisbane Broncos. I just I cannot imagine a world where that occurs if he'd won a grand final in the last four or five years. No, not not at all. But. What were the what were the circumstances around him leaving the first time? Because that was a couple of years after 06. Was there a little bit of infighting there as well? Well, did he, did he I, I more so think he was looking for a bit of a new challenge. Yeah, okay, I yeah. more so think. Yeah. Um, it's certainly way way more messy this time. Heaps more messy after this grand final for yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think people forget as well with Wayne Bennett. Like he was, 
he was signed and sealed and going to coach the Roosters in Roosters. 09, I think it was. Yeah. And then that hit the front page of the paper. So he, he pulled himself out of that. Uh, and then, of course, that leads to him going to the Dragons and he wins a comp there. Yeah. Like a real sort of turning point there. And, of course, who does he beat in that grand final? The Roosters, the team he was probably meant to be coaching. Mm. Instead, they get Brian Smith, who Wayne Bennett's already beaten in, I think, three grand finals by this point. Beats him in another one. Poor old Brian Smith. Oh, so Tough fucking gig. Uh, But, yeah, I I think that Wayne would have stayed at the Broncos if they would have won this grand final. Um, And I think that they wouldn't be in the boat. As much as their situation is improving, I think that if if they win this grand final, I don't think it causes a domino effect that eventually leads to a wooden spoon a couple of years ago. I'm more than willing to die on that hill. Especially because... 2015 was Wayne's first year back at Brisbane. Yep. So he would have just been looked at as this absolute saviour. And, yeah, he would have had a job for life at Brisbane, you'd, you'd imagine. For sure. And, well, you would have to think too, like, where, like that's just another thing that would elevate him to another level. Mm. That he goes to, you know, obviously starts this franchise up at Brisbane, got all the, these great players, not many teams in Queensland. They've got this brand that is just unbelievable. Everyone wants to play for the Brisbane Broncos. He leaves. They're not overly successful. If he comes back year one yeah. and does it, and I, I think a big point to talk about here as far as Wayne Bennett's career, that when you look at every other sort of premiership he's won with the Broncos, there's always either been a Darren Lockyer or an Alan Langer. Mm. You look at this premiership with the spine of Andrew McCulloch, Ben Hunt, Anthony Milford, Darius Boyd, champion players, don't get me wrong, uh, but not those all-time great superstars like the Broncos teams that we've come to know. So for him to do it in his first year back, I think that would have been pretty special for Wayne. Oh, for sure. He would have been, as I said, it's, it's hard to like elevate him further, but that just would have been another thing for Wayne. He came back to Brisbane like where he... He did. He got all of his premierships, well, except for the Dragons one. Came back. It just would have been the, one of the stories of the decade. It yeah. would still be talking about it. We'd be talking about it like we talk about Thurston now, which is yeah. And I suppose you know if you pair a player with Wayne Bennett, it's got to be Darius Boyd. And for him to win a comp at the Broncos with Wayne, leave, go to the Dragons, win a comp with Wayne, get the Clive Churchill at the Dragons, and then for him to go back to Brisbane with Wayne yeah. and win a comp there. What we, I, I mate, I always, as much as I, I know people might bag Darius Boyd and they, they, they don't like him or whatever, such a tremendous player, a champion fucking player. Mm. Um, that scene of him just falling to his knees and holding his head yeah, on I've that got last it, play. I've got it running through my brain as, as he oh. said that. Yeah, it's devastating for It's me. one of the most heartbreaking moments in rugby league, I reckon. Yeah. Have you read Darius Boyd's book? I haven't. Read it. Everyone, yeah. read his book. It's called Beating the Blues, so it's like a double meaning, obviously – Beating the Blues from origin, like was, he was part of that team, scored all those tries, but also uh, all his mental health battles. He go, really goes deep. It's it's one of the best books from a rugby league player. It's one, one of those moments too. Obviously, just just talking about Darius and the boys, like when they when Thurston hits the post and misses the goal. There's footage that just focuses on the Brisbane Broncos team at that point, <laughs> and just the heads go up. There, there's a there's a moment. I, th- I think it was Adam Blair. He had subbed off in that moment as it happened. He, he'd come from the field and he was standing right on the corner post, like directly in front of JT. Almost hiding behind the corner post, watching it all play. It's five unbelievable scenes. We'll just we'll never see anything like that grand final again. And I think Wayne, um, as much as he can't really be elevated to another level. If he'd won seven grand finals with the Broncos and let's say they hadn't won another one since or maybe he had moved on eventually, it puts him in pretty special air, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to say anything further. Like he just, 
He's already a legend, but he would have been an even bigger legend. And let's say they do win that grand final. Let's say Kyle Felt doesn't score that try on the very last play. I want to talk about the Broncos halves, mate, because in my opinion, yep. Anthony Milford fucking shits in for a Clive Churchill. He was, yeah. I think Benny Hunt had an okay game, but his, his big performance was the prelim, the week before against the Roosters. He was, I reckon that's his best game that I've seen him play. He was just, he just tore him to shreds. I think he scored. He, yeah, he was fantastic that game. And then the next week, Milford steps up in the grand final and was just fantastic as well. Uh, but I agree. I think if if Brisbane win, uh, he does. I never, ever, ever, ever think the Clive Churchill should go to a losing team. Mm. But I think in the last decade we've seen two. If anyone was gonna win it, I reckon this was the time to do it. I think it's a very fair argument to say Milford fifteen was better than DCA thirteen and White and nineteen. I, I Totally agree. Another hill I'm more than willing to die on. I thought Milf was fantastic in this game. And of course, as we said, if you don't, if Kyle Felt doesn't score that try, which of course, you know, there's a big long argument and you can watch it in slow motion as many times as you want that try and try and pin who you want to blame it on, whether it's Milford, Jack Reed. It just, it happens so quickly and it's such an unorthodox play. I don't know if you can really pin it on anyone, but of course, Milford was one of the three on that edge. Fuck, you take out that try. I personally think Anthony Milford's career is completely different. I think he's a premiership winner, a Clive Churchill medalist. He stays with Wayne Bennett for potentially the rest of his career. Yep. And I also think he probably stays with Ben Hunt for the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, he was just one of the best players going around at that time. I mean, obviously, all the focus was on Jonathan Thurston. And even in the Broncos, the focus was mostly on Ben Hunt. But, um, yeah, Milford... Just had the oh, he he just killed it back then. He was an absolute delight to watch. Definitely one of my favourite players. I think a lot of people would agree. And I mean, I think people forget too that that was his first year at Brisbane as well. Mm. He he was a utility fullback the year before for the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, arrived up there, and you know Wayne obviously did this ten years ago with Darren Lockyer, moved him from fullback to five eight, killed it. Um, did it with Milf as well, and. Whilst it doesn't get the recognition that it probably deserves for how good he was during that period, he was incredible, Milford. And I think that if they do go on to win that premiership, we talk about that switch completely differently because uh, he, he realistically was learning to play a new position. He played 27 games that year, uh, Anthony Milford, pl- playing out of position, well, obviously playing in his, in his new position, but getting used to that. And I think we both agree he played well enough to win a Clive Churchill. He definitely, he definitely should have won the Clive that year. Uh, sorry, if the if the Broncos won, he definitely would have won the Clive. Um, I think as well, like, re- we're all guilty of recency bias. I think two victims of that are Anthony Milford and Darius Boyd from mm. this team because Boyd's career, Boyd had a f- just a great career, fantastic career, rep career. Like, he was in- insane. His last year wasn't fantastic, and people choose to remember him for that, which is grossly unfair. And I think Milford's pretty similar even even a couple of years ago Milford had a great year for Brisbane but people just totally forget about it because of his last you know handful of games last ha- or couple of seasons for Broncos um I think that's pretty unfortunate because two two really good players and two of the best to do it in the NRL personally I look at the career of Darius Boyd and as you said a lot of people w- want to remember it for the last few years which I think is absolute bullshit yeah I remember peak Darius Boyd 2010 who oh, I was the best he outplayed Billy Slater that year. 
he was incredible. Uh, you got to remember the year before that, Jared Hain won the won the Dalian Medal, possibly the greatest season by a fullback we've seen it. It was at that point. Yeah, definitely. So all these guys are running around, and I thought Darius Boyd he, he was the best fullback in twenty ten. He might not have been as exciting. He wasn't as quick, but he iced every single moment he possibly could. Went all the way to the grand final, won it. Not only won it, took home the Clive Churchill Medal. You want to talk about the best guys at executing a three on two? Give me prime Darius Boyd mm. any day of the week. I think as well. Uh, obviously, in 2010, the Carney Army came in and Todd just killed it, especially at the back end of the year and won the Dally M. But I think when voting shut, it was a two-horse race between Darius and Isaac Luke. Wow. And, and only because I think Isaac did his shoulder. And then I don't know where Darius came. I'll look it up in a sec. But Darius was one of the favorites to win that year, uh, like halfway through the year. And then obviously Carney came in and, and shut in at the end. But... Yeah, that 2010 season for Darius was so good. And I, I think as well, like, when you talk about Wayne and uh, Boyd, like, I think everyone looks at the Newcastle years as, you know, a huge failure. It all went wrong, blah, blah, blah. I mean, 2013, they took that Newcastle side to a prelim final. Uh, and I just – I don't think that's appreciated enough how nah. close they got. Yeah, it's, 100%. I mean, you have a look through that side – Darius Boyd, Kevin Aguama, Joey Lelua, Gagai, Quiliuate, Jared Mullen, Tyrone Roberts. Like, a good side, but to get to a prelim final when your coach only arrived a year or so before, an incredible effort. Yeah, people forget that because of kind of, well, the Knights fans want to say how, how he left the club and think whatever you think, that's fine. But he got him to a prelim and the next three years were absolutely disastrous for the Knights. Um, yeah. What a shame that prelim was. Dar uh, Danny Badiris ending his career. I was about to say, I thought that, 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 that was the, the night with Rhea Hargraves, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah tough gig. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Milford, uh, we, we both agree. I'm uh, very interested to hear what you guys think. Le leave it in the comments. I thought he was the Broncos' best player uh, that night, and I thought he was the best player on the park. Made a little shout-out to oh, Sorry, one more. Also, Darius, so Carney got 27 Dalian points, and Darius got 25. So it was two off. Robbie Farrow came second. In 2010? In yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Isaac Luke was on 18 and he missed the second half of the year. That's I remember it because it was like a Darius versus Isaac race at in the middle of the year. What did you say Robbie Farrow was on? 26. I know. <laughs> unlucky. Unlucky on a number of occasions. Unluckiest bloke. Yeah. Very unlucky on a few occasions. Uh, yeah. So, and I mean... We have to talk about it, Matty, and we are the first, we've been the first ones to defend him for the last 10 years or so, and it's great to see him prove everyone wrong this year in Origin and whatnot. Obviously, Ben Hunt, it's the moment that a lot of people choose to remember Ben Hunt for in that grand final. And um, re-watching re this game, the one thing that really stood out for me, and we, we spoke about it off camera before, Kyle Felt's kickoffs. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. You go and have a look at the first two kickoffs of the game – Kyle Felt kicks off and the Broncos are tackled one or two metres out from their own line because the ball the ball isn't caught coming straight at the player. The ball is caught like a bomb. Like the players are looking straight up and it just went, didn't go direct to them. It went up and then it would drop on a spot in the in goals. It was Paddy Richards-like, whatever you want to call it. It was unbelievable from Kyle Felt. And, you know, not excusing what would happen to Ben Hunt, dropped the ball, shouldn't have happened. Uh, did happen, though, is what it is. Uh, it's one thing – it's the main thing about this grand final, Matty, that I just wish never fucking occurred because it's so unfair on so many fronts. Yeah, and, like, thank God, Benny – like, I think we all agree, you know. I think 
we're all over it. Like, and Benny Hunt got his origin moment this year, which was just as much as I hated it at the time, like for Ben Hunt, he deserved that because he definitely didn't deserve what happened in that 2015 golden point because he was their best player all year. They wouldn't have been there without Ben Hunt. And, uh, yeah, let's, I wish Thurston kicked that goal. I think everyone does. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. I argue they wouldn't have been a top four team, potentially not a top eight team without Ben Hunt. His form that year was oh. on another fucking level. And as we saw, or as we have seen throughout the rest of Anthony Milford's entire career, he needs a guy next to him to steer the ship. Mm. He needs to be the second fiddle guy to play his best. You saw it in the World Cup this year with Jerome Lewi in charge, running the show there. Milf could just pop up here and there where he needed to. Um, and I, I really do think that if they would have won this grand final, I think you see Hunt and Milf stay together for a lot longer. Yep. And I also think that you probably would have seen Brisbane, knowing what, what, what Milf could achieve and the sort of guy he would be, I think they would have changed their... Would you call it their recruitment policy, their team building, whatever it was, like putting Cody Nicarima at seven and these sort of guys? It just wasn't what you needed for Milf. Nah, just it would, yeah, it would have been Hunt and Milford because, like, Hunt stayed there for what another one or two years. But yeah. I, after what happened, you just had to get out of there, um, which is which is shit. But he, yeah, he'd st- he'd probably still be playing for the Bronx. Yeah, and as much as the Dragons offered him an unbelievable deal, I agree with you. I think a big part of it was to get out of there Yeah. after what had occurred. If he was a premiership winner for that year and it went Alan Langer, Ben Hunt, these sort of guys as Brisbane Broncos, premiership winning halves, and Wayne Bennett was still the coach, I reckon he would have taken, taken you know, two or three hundred less to stay at the Broncos if they were a premiership threat than go down to St. George. Oh, the premiership halfback for Brisbane wasn't... They weren't going to let the premiership halfback for the Broncos go. There's, no. there's no chance. And also, it was... The demise of one of the best signs I've ever seen. I was at South vs Broncos at Allianz one day and there was a big sign from a Broncos guy saying, on the hunt for a MILF. <laughs> so that was good. my super coach team name for a couple of years. Oh, really? <laughs> one of the best, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, this grand final, the, the deeper you go, the, just, the more that you can find. Um, another one I wanted to mention was Justin Hodges. A tremendous career. Uh, played for the Broncos, went down to the Chooks, had a couple of injuries and whatnot down there, but still did a sensational job for the Roosters uh, and then came back to the Brisbane Broncos. Wayne Bennett welcomed him back and pretty crazy to think that when he signed with the Roosters, Wayne Bennett, he refused to play him in first grade when he was a young bloke just because of the rivalry with the Roosters and whatnot. So he was playing Reggie's up there when he was probably ready to play State of Origin and then he returns and in his last game with Wayne Bennett as coach, he's the captain of the Brisbane Broncos going into that grand final and as I said, Justin had a fantastic career. Uh, he shit me for so fucking long when it came to Origin. Yeah. If it was a Wednesday night featuring Justin Hodges, I fucking hated it for a decade or so. But you got to respect the sort of guy he was. I just, whenever I was watching Hodges play Origin, as much as I hated him, I, I hated him because I wanted him. Oh, for sure. You wanted a guy like him in your Origin team. He was tough as nails, strong as all fuck, skillful, like some of the stuff he was capable of doing throughout his career. Remember that night that he threw the uh, the one th- th- through his legs, the legs against yeah. the Titans? That was incredible. Some of the flick passes he used to come off, you know, the way that when, when him and Willie Tonga used to have the, those duels in the early 2000s mm. and just when, when Hodjo would get you with that left hand, he'd just hold you a metre away mm. yep. for a few seconds and just create something. Oh, I still think, Matty, he is the best. He's the best outside back dummy half scooter we've ever seen <laughs> and you always knew he was going to do it but and you always knew what he was going to do and he would beat the first marker every single time <laughs> for 10 years you couldn't do anything about it yeah he's one of the great centers and like i know you got like gi and mel and that but 
if I'm picking my best ever Queensland team, I'm finding a spot for all of them because Hodges was such a just such a gun in origin and such a gun for the Bronx. And he is such a good story as well as far as if, if you haven't seen it, go, go back and have a look at his origin debut. Matty, can you do all that? I'm going to yep. say 2001 that, game two, that, I think it is. 2001 was my guess as well. Let me just get it up. State of origin. Got a feeling it's game two for some reason, not game one. Is this? Oh, stay one moment. Anyway. 2000, well, 2002. 2002, two. was it? Yes. Yeah, to his origin debut, he has an absolute fucking mm. shocker. It is potentially the worst origin game played by an individual. Uh, and, you know, very typical of media and everything. Won't play again. Red Sharpie through his name, blah, blah, blah. As Matty just said, he'd find a spot for him in his best Queensland side ever. So the resiliency that he showed throughout his career, even to come back to the Broncos after being completely shunned for signing with the Roosters, incredible stuff. And... As I said, Justin Hodges, an unbelievable career and another guy that it's hard to elevate him. But when we're being harsh and we're being realistic, Matty, if he finishes holding a trophy as a, the captain of the Brisbane Broncos, it does take Hodjo to another level for me. Yeah, I think so. I think, I know it's kind of different, but even when he retired from Origin and they let him hold the shield, it, it would have been kind of like that. Like he, de- he deserves a moment like that. And, and it's moments that matter. Yeah, of course. Of course. And you talk about the, the legacy of players and greatest players of all time and the best of the best, it's moments is what matters. In and, that's, moments. and that's why we're about to talk about Thurston. I mean, you got Joey 97 winning that moment. You got Thurston 15 winning that moment. And those are two things that, that those two players are defined on and probably while they'll reach immortal status. Yeah, 100%. Now, before we do get to Thurston... Just a couple of other guys I want to mention from this Broncos team. Matt Gillette, uh, a Broncos legend. Uh, I also think that, as much as I said before, that I think that them losing this grand final is a big reason for what happened to them a couple of years later with the wooden spoon and whatnot. Matty, I reckon the injury to Matt Gillette is one of the biggest turning points in Broncos history because he Mm. was the guy that held the DNA to that old team. Yeah, he was... um, It was such an unfortunate... And because he was, you just look at him, he just looks like a normal guy, but he's one of the toughest, strongest, most aggressive people uh, to play for the Bronx. And yeah, you're right. That untimely end to his career definitely was a big turning point for the Broncos because they, that was a time they needed, they needed leaders. They needed people like Matt Gillette around and they didn't have them. Mate, they, they were crying out for, for a match at the back end of his career. You've got to remember, like, 2019, that's when he plays his last game. Unfortunately, his last game is that game against Parramatta where they get done 58-0, yeah. which is just awful to look back on. Uh, but, like, you think about that side, and that was after Ben Hunt left. That was uh, after Corey Parker had retired. That was Hodjo was gone by that point. He was the real link to that, that those previous champion teams. He was the guy that I think they were planning on using to bring them into that next era. You have a look at the rest of the side, how young some of these guys are, like your Katoni Staggs, your Osakos. Turpin was playing halfback. Uh, Payne Haas was in the front row. David Fafita. You know, all these young guys that are in this side, they just needed a real... Is legend the wrong word to, to use for, for, for Matt Gillette? He's just, he was on his way to being a Broncos legend. Oh, I opinion. think he's, yeah, I think I'd call him a Broncos legend for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think he's just one of those guys, those experienced guys who could have just handed down that little bit of that, that knowledge, that little bit of extra toughness, that little, just, just the little things that wouldn't have made them 
wooden spooners in 2020, in my opinion, if he was in the side, so if he was in the squad. Yeah. It, it, as, as you said, like, they had people that were there. And, like, you know, even though they fell off at the end of this year, just ignore that for a second. Like, they really improved for most of last year. Mm. And, you know, even though a lot of those players probably shouldn't have got thrown in that early and it was just a, you know, circumstance, it did it did help in the long run because, you know, a lot of those guys who probably would have debuted later had 50, 60, or well, yep. say 30, 30, 40, 50, 60 games under their belt. Um, but, yeah, that, they would have been a lot better off if... If Matt Gillette was there for sure. It is crazy. I was just having a look at the team list for Matt Gillette's last game. Jersey seventeen is Pat Carrigan. Wow. What a what a what a changing of the guard. Yeah, it doesn't but it doesn't it's just crazy to think that Pat Carrigan was playing when Matt like it feels like so long ago since Matt Gillette played. Mm. Pat Carrigan was in that side. Especially so, yeah, especially because it was so abrupt as well. Like yeah. I can't remember was it just in the off season or was had the season started? I, I think the season had I could be wrong, but the season had started and I'm pretty sure he was meant to come back all year. Right, yeah. And he just, it was something, I think it might have been a neck injury or something. Um, yeah. I, I actually remember in my Supercoach draft comp, someone drafted him and they traded him to me and I thought, oh, beautiful, I'll hold mm. on to this guy. He'll come back and he'll kill it. I waited fucking five months and he never came back and then he retired. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was late uh, or, or, or like mid-season or something. Mm. But do your own research there. But Matt Gillette, fucking tremendous player. Yeah. Um, now, the last Bronco I want to talk about, Matty, if you think about, like, at any point in the Broncos' existence, like, if you, if you started in 1988 and you played, you know, 200 games there, you would have won two comps in 92 and 93. Mm. If you started in 1994 and you played 200 first-grade games, you, you, you would have won a comp in 97, 98. Uh, if you started just after that, you would have won a comp in 2000. If you started in 2001, you would have won a comp, a comp in 2006. Uh, like, just at any point, if you would have started playing for the Broncos and played 200 games... You would have been part of a premiership winning side unless your name is Alex fucking Glenn. Mm. 285 first grade games for the Broncos and oh, no man. premiership. It's unbelievable. If anyone deserved one, it was. Oh. Yeah. Far out. That's. I didn't. I knew he played a lot, but I just look at this now 285 games. Jeez, he had a, he had a great career, Alex Glenn. You ever look through the career of Alex Glenn? He made his debut in 2009, so three years after uh, they won the premiership in 06. Um, he played less than 20 games twice, and they were the last two uh, seasons of his career. So for the first, what is it, 12, he would have averaged about 23, 24 games during those seasons. Wow, what a, what a warrior. Yeah, absolute weapon, Alex Glenn. Uh, Fuck, he was, oh God, he was good. It, it was so, just so reliable as well, standing on that edge. He was, yeah. And he's one of those guys, if you shortball him into any of the other Broncos sides in the 17 somewhere, I reckon we talk about him quite often. Yeah, no doubt. It's just so unlucky when he came along. But as you said, mate, an absolute warrior for so long, Alex Glenn. So <laughs> incredibly unlucky to play that many games for the Broncos and not win a comp. When you consider they've been around for... What is it, 88, 35 years, 36 years, something along those lines, around about 35 years, and they've won six grand finals to play 285 games and not be a part of any of those. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty unlucky. Pretty unlucky. It's brutal. So if he would have been part of that 2015 premiership victory, uh, would have meant the world to Lexi. Uh, mate, before we move to the Cowboys, and in particular JT, is there anything else Broncos-wise you want to throw in there? No, nah, I think we're... 
I think we're good. Covered. All right, Matty, let's have a look at the other side of the coin, the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, of course, made the grand final in 05, losing that one to the West Tigers. Made it all the way back to the grand final in 2015 and won it in unbelievable circumstances. And uh, the Clive Churchill medalist that night, Jonathan Thurston, uh, obviously had the biggest moment in his career by far and away. Uh, It might be one of the biggest moments in anyone's career ever, kicking a match-winning field goal in Golden Point of the grand final. Just unbelievable scenes. I know that when I started my podcast and I was looking for some, you know, game footage, some some audio from games that really stood out to me, I couldn't go past Rabbit's call of that moment, which I think might be not only the peak of Thurston's moments, of Thurston's career, but the peak of uh, Ray Warren's career as well. Unbelievable. When Ray did that retirement, I think they did a show on him on Channel 9, and he said that that's his best ever call, best ever moment. And then they tell Thurston that, and Thurston starts tearing up. It's one of the. It's, I've got goosebumps right now. It's one of the best videos I've ever seen. What is it? A champion becomes a legend. A legend becomes an immortal. Something like that. Yeah. Potentially an immortal. Some of that. Fuck, it was unbelievable. Uh, if you want to go listen to my podcast, it's on there. I should probably know it inside out by this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Thurston has that big moment. Uh, Clive Churchill medal, and for the first time in Thurston's career, he owned a premiership. And we talk about this quite a bit on this show. We we, we spoke about it uh, with Jackson a few weeks ago that you look back at, you know, the 06 premiership. That's that's Darren Lockyer's premiership. You look at the 01 premiership. That's Joey's premiership. Um, 02, that's Brad Fittler's premiership, et cetera. Nathan Cleary's a couple of years ago, last year, whatever you want to call it. Like, all great players own grand finals that you look back and you go, that was his grand final. Obviously, Thurston, he's won two comps, 15 and 04. 04, he came off the bench. Uh, he played about the last 10 minutes or so. At the end of the day, that was Brent Sherwin and Brayton Astor's uh, premiership there. So as much as he has won that premiership, for me, Thurston, to be talking to, to, to be spoken about the way that he is, he had to win a premiership. And the Cowboys have got unlucky for a number of years, a number of tough decisions that went against them and whatnot. Uh, but, Matty, for him to own that moment in golden point to kick the field goal... Without it, personally, I look at the career of Jonathan Thurston very, very differently. Yeah, again, it's so hard to like sit here and say that because he did it. He's yep. he's a future immortal, most likely. I think um, he 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 had that moment. He owned it. He did it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's so hard to say. Oh, what if he didn't? But for the sake of the argument, you're right. Like, what if he? What if felt? Even to no fault of his own, like what if Felt didn't score that try and then the Broncos win and they don't win another premiership? Would we look at him as the same level as Joey and all and like Lockyer, Freddie, etc.? Because he didn't win. Well, he won the premiership, but didn't own that premiership with the Cowboys. So yeah, it's very interesting. You said before we we judge players, especially in Origin, but certainly in big games on on moments. But when you think Thurston. The thing everyone always thinks is the 2015 Grand Final. So as unfair as this would be, would he be an immortal without it? Still, maybe. Still probably. But I think it's absolutely locked. As Ray Warren said, it's locked in stone now because of what he did in that Grand Final. And as one of the game's best players and as, you know, just a great Indigenous player. And actually, 2015 was the first, I think it was the first time where an Indigenous player won man of the match in both the AFL and the NRL grand final with Sirioli winning in 14. Mm. Uh, sorry, in 15 as well with Hawthorne Hawks. Um, so, yeah, like 
that 2015 moment, that's what everyone remembers Thurston Blair, but obviously if they didn't win, it, it would be a lot different, yeah. Just to add on to that, 2015 was also the first ever NRL grand final with two uh, Indigenous captains. There you go. Maybe that's maybe that's what I'm... Maybe. I wouldn't have the slightest fucking clue what you're talking about with AFL, but... Yeah. That was definitely, yeah, Hodges and Thurston. Hodges, that that, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It was, it could be both actually. Yeah. I definitely know Sirioli won in, won in 15 as well. I, even if it's not the first, it's like, it's, it's great for Indigenous yeah. Australia. Um, but yes, insane. I, I'm, and I know people get upset by this. If Thurston doesn't win the 2015 grand final, I can't make him an immortal. Yeah, right. I can't do it. And... I know, I know what people say, yeah, but he's one of the greatest origin players ever. And I completely agree. He is one of the greatest origin players ever. And I think the, the other argument that people would make is that if he didn't win a comp, it's the same as Wally Lewis. He was just the best in the origin arena. And I understand where people are coming from with that. But you've got to remember that Wally Lewis, he only entered the NRL in 88. So he missed, you know, the vast majority of the greatest years of his career. Yeah. Um, Thurston played in the NRL his entire career. I, I personally don't think... I could make a player an immortal unless they win and own a premiership. And that might be harsh, but at the end of the day, when you're selecting the best 0.00001% of players of all fucking time to play the game, in my opinion, you have to achieve at some point what you set out to achieve, which is to win a premiership. Am I too harsh, Matty? Well, wh- whether or not you agree with that, and I actually, I don't know where I sit on that because of, like, he, he was so good. But mm. whether or not you're listening and you agree with that, there is zero doubt we'd look at him differently without the grand final. 100%. So use that information what you, what, what you will. Yeah, and at the end of the day, he, he won it. Yeah. So he's right up there in that conversation of immortality, as he should have been, because I also do think there's a very fair argument, Matty, that Thurston got very un- unlucky throughout his career as well with referee decisions and whatnot in the few years leading up to that. But Yeah, so what was it again? So we had the hand, the Kieran Foran hand. The hand of God. The hand then of you God, had the, the seven tackle set. Was That was the Sharks game? Yeah. What happened in the Roosters one? That was... Well, that that was the right call. But it, because it was the third year in a row, like I think someone threw a... F- it was a forward pass forward they pass, called, wasn't and then it? Thurston scored, but they called it a forward pass. And it was like... It was, it was like 31 to 30 that game. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, people say it was a 50-50 decision. I think it was forward, but like, it wasn't as crazy as the other two. But yeah. it was just because it was like the third year in a row. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of added to it. So yeah, th- there's no doubting whatsoever that JT had a, had a lot of obstacles to, over to, come, uh, to overcome to get there. Um, and look, I'll be honest with you, I, I really don't think Thurston had a tremendous game. Uh, well, he's, I think he has said he has never watched the full game back because he was so disappointed in how he played. I yeah. think he said that. So I will say this though, that despite him not having a great game, when it did come down to the crunch moments in the second half, he throws an absolute perler of a ball to Kane Lynette that I'm going to say 99 times out of 100, the player scores a try of that and that puts the Cowboys in front. Poor old Kane Lynette dropped mm. his bundle in that moment. So as much as Thurston didn't have the greatest game, because if you do go back to it and have a look, some of his kicks weren't fantastic. Uh, he knocks the ball on that Matt Gillette picks up and sets up Jack Reed to score the try in the first half. Uh, he didn't really have a hand in their two tries. It was obviously Jake Granville off the scrum. Uh, and then Drake, Jake Granville obviously found James Tamo as well. So, look, he didn't have the greatest game of all time, and I don't think there's any real denying that. But he did also create moments for them to score that other people fucked up at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And I think, obviously... They gave him the Clive Churchill because of the field goal and because of the narrative. Like we could, we could have a whole podcast on people that should have won the Clive Churchill that didn't. And 
maybe Drake Granville was unlucky with his two try assists in what he played fifty minutes or something. Made some um, big tackles too. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I, it doesn't really matter because they. I don't think at the end of the day they don't care. They just want that ring. But um, I think Granville was the best player on the field for the Cowboys that day for sure. Yeah, so do I. I think Jake Granville was tremendous. But I can completely understand them going with Thurston because he obviously did own that moment in extra time. Uh, So, yeah, I think that if the Cowboys don't win that grand final and it doesn't play out the way that it does, uh, I do think we look back at the career of Jonathan Thurston a little bit differently. Can I ask you this, Matty? Yep. What elevates Thurston's career more, kicking the field goal in extra time or if he would have kicked the goal from the sideline to win it? Or do you think it's just much of a muchness? I don't reckon it changed. Oh, oh yeah, I, w- I wish he kicked the goal. I wish he kicked I just, it just... Just the walk-off victory. Yeah, and like, you'd never forget, like, I can't remember if Instagram stories were big back then, but if, if it wasn't, it was, it was Snapchat stories. Whatever it was, after the game, you, you like, because obviously I don't what I don't use my phone during games, so I'd look up, and after the game I checked in like Insta stories or Snap stories, whatever it was. Every single one was the video, the photo of Thurston about to kick. Yeah, it just it would have been arguably the biggest moment in NRL history, and obviously the field goal was the field goal, and you know it was it was good because he hit it terribly, and it was just. It was just fantastic, and and because he had the Cowboys behind the post, it just it looks cool. Um, but yeah, I, I wish he kicked that goal for more more than one reasons. But I, yeah, I, I think the goal maybe would have been better. But in saying that, hitting the post just added to the absolute fear of it. Yeah. So yeah, don't know. Oh, I think what you said there as well, and you know, for those of you that don't, you know, watch it as close as what we would. You look at that field goal again. The way that he drops the ball is fucking awful. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, it, it was, and not taken away from Thurston, but like, if you were to get him to drop the ball like he did in that moment 10 times, oh, I don't reckon he hits at half of them. No. When, when you think about like the way that, that, that you're meant to, and I, I've heard Thurston say this himself, so this isn't us picking on JT or whatever, no. but your drop when you're doing a drop kick is so important. The drop that he has, it just about lands on the belly of the ball. Yeah. And he just manages to find a way to get it over. And and for me, it actually makes it more impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it makes it again, more incredible. And adds to the whole theatre and drama of the one of the craziest ten minutes periods we've ever seen. A lot of credit should go to Jimmy James Tarmel though for his his oh, quick play of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, and Jimmy's a really slept on player in that grand final. He obviously had that moment, the quick play of the ball, which People will always sleep on. People will, will probably never realise just how important that is. Also, the pass of, of Jake Granville as well. Yep. Um, but then also, he scored that that first try where he picked out Sam Thider. He didn't pick out you know a reserve grader that he ran over the top of. Mm. Ran a brilliant line, caught that ball over Sam Thider. He made a couple of huge tackles as well throughout the game, James Tarmo, especially on his own line in the first half. Go back and watch it. But yeah, if you get an opportunity, go and watch the Thurston field goal in slow motion. Just watch how awkward the drop is of the ball and how he just makes it work. And that's what the great players do, Matty. They make it work. Yeah, and that's that's why he's one of the best. One of the best ever. Yeah. Yeah, No doubt about it. Uh, We've spoken about Granville for Clive. Obviously, Michael Morgan, he owned... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thurston's field goal is the big moment in this game, but at the end of the day, Thurston doesn't have the field goal moment unless Michael Morgan comes up with his play. Mm. We've spoken about Michael Morgan a lot, and I think at the time... As much as it was a tremendous moment, unbelievable stuff, we sort of thought, you know what? We've still got another 10 years to come of Michael Morgan here. Little did we know we'd have about 60 or 70 games, mm. which were a fucking impressive 60 or 70 games, by the way. It took the Cowboys to a grand final only two years later without Thurston. But um, I think that when I watched this from Michael Morgan, I, like, I loved it at the time, but I still thought this is just the beginning of Michael Morgan, devastating how it all played out. Yeah, I think for, for Michael Morgan, I think... Just say Brisbane won this game and he didn't have that moment. Obviously, that's his moment. That's the big moment. But it wouldn't be as drastic as, as Thurston because if that didn't happen, we'd, be, we'd just be talking about Michael Morgan's big moment as taking the Cowboys to that 2017 grand final, which was yeah. just, as, just as impressive. But, yeah, I mean, that's going to be replayed until rugby, like as long as rugby league's played. So if we didn't have that moment, if he didn't have that moment, then it would have been shit. But... Um, yeah, he'd be remembered for 2017. So I don't think it would have been incredibly drastic. But you're right. Such a shame we we didn't see much more of Michael Morgan after that. And in hindsight, I am now more appreciative than ever that Michael Morgan did have that moment. Oh, God, yeah. Because he's the sort of guys we've spoken about a lot throughout this series that when halves hit that 29-30 mark, they go to a new level. I, I, I Michael Morgan's another guy. I think I actually – I think he was one of my guys in our uh, injured players. Yeah. Uh, one that we did a few weeks ago. I, I don't think we saw anywhere near the peak of him. And if we didn't see the peak of him, but we saw him take a team without a potential immortal in it to a grand final and then come up with this play in another grand final when I think we said last time he was 23 years old at this point. I couldn't believe that. Could, still can't Fucking believe crazy. Like he, yeah. He's 30 right now, Michael Morgan. Fucking hell. He hasn't played in two years. Yeah, about two years. And you know what? I, I think as well, the other thing about Michael Morgan that's going to be underappreciated is that the Cowboys have somehow pulled themselves out of the fucking hole they found themselves in the last two years. So we probably won't appreciate just how much of a loss Mick Morgan was because Chad Townsend's arrived up there. Drinky's yep. done so well. Dearden's done so well. Uh, and credit to the Cowboys for pulling themselves out of it. An incredible knock. But I think it was very underappreciated how big a loss he was when the Cowboys weren't doing well yep. two years ago or last 100%. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, and I, it's hard too when you're a club going, you know what, though, we've got we've got one of the best players in the world waiting to come back, mm. and he just never does. Never did. Makes it very, very tough, and credit to the Cowboys how they've recovered from it. Uh, mate, anyone else in this Cowboys side or anything else that you would like to touch on uh, from this game? Obviously, they, they, they obviously went out and won this game. They went to Golden Point. They won it. Uh, it was the first ever premiership the Cowboys won. Um, they obviously went back in 2017, got dusted by one of the best sides we've ever seen. Do you think the Cowboys, if they didn't, if they lost in 2015, do you think they would have won another one since then? I probably lean towards no, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't see why they would. Like, they wouldn't be any more hungry, would they? I, it just, they just haven't won since then, so it's it's hard to say that they they would. And I mean, they had Thurston in 2016. They didn't win it. They got beaten in the prelim final. Sharkies? Sharks, yeah. Sharks. Yep. 2017, Thurston gets injured. They still make it to the grand final, to be fair, but don't win it. And 2018, that's Thurston's last season, isn't it? Pretty sure, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 2017, his last game for the year was Origin 2 when he kicked the goal. Yeah. And then, then yeah, didn't he retire the next year? 
Yeah, he retired yeah. 28 because I, I remember thinking off the back of 2017, once they get all these guys back, this team's going to be unfucking believable and they just kind of yeah. duck-egged it. It's pretty disappointing. Would they have won another grand final, Matty, if they didn't win in 15? Cowboys? Yeah. No. 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 I just, I just don't think... I just don't see why they would have if they haven't already, so... They hadn't already. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also slept on a little bit in 2005 when they played the Tigers. Like, Cowboys didn't play a bad game that day. Yeah, I know. Fuck, it was an entertaining uh, uh, game, that one. It was an absolute cracker. But, yeah, obviously, better team won on the day, the West Tigers. Uh, look, the history is what it is. The Brisbane Broncos losing the 2015 Grand Finals to the North Queensland Cowboys. Jonathan Thurston kicking the field goal in extra time, which will make him part of a special part of rugby league history forever, and we'll put him in that top 0.001% of players that I spoke about. Uh, you obviously have Michael Morgan, who had his huge moment. Kyle Felt uh, comes up with <laughs> three of the biggest moments in premiership history, uh, including, is it the biggest try of all time for you, Matty, or have you still got, like, Darren Albert in front of it? Yeah, I mean, it's the grand final between those two, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got um, the... Obviously the Canberra one, but I'm not going to count that because I wasn't alive. So just from when I've been uh, alive, yeah, those two. Because uh, you have Joey to Darren Albert and then obviously Michael Morgan to Cole Fell. It's just two very similar ones. So, Incredible stuff. Yeah. History is what it is and it will never change. But interesting to have a look at how different the Brisbane Broncos would be, how the coaching career of Wayne Bennett would be different, how potentially the history and the career of Jonathan Thurston would be. Uh, he might not be in the top 0.001%. He might be in the 0.0012%, Matty. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, when you're splitting hairs at the very best of the uh, at the top of their game, uh, that's sort of what it takes. So... Thanks for joining us once again, guys, on the off-season, having a look at if the Broncos won in 2015. We have got plenty of other off-season episodes, and if you're looking for more of these sort of style episodes, you can go back to the one before this, uh, if the Bulldogs won in 2012 and 2014. We will be looking out for a few other what-ifs, so if you have got any you would like us to cover, leave them in the comments. We'll have a look at them and decide which direction we're going to go in. We're also going to have, uh, continuing with our series of picking the best 17s for 2023 for each and every team, we'll have them on a Tuesday and a Thursday until Christmas time, January. We'll probably continue on then too. And then also we'll be picking uh, our, our off-season uh, content every Wednesday and Sunday night as well. So that will all continue heading into Christmas. Plenty more to come. Matty, thanks for joining me once again, legend. Thank you. I think there's one thing that we didn't touch on that you wanted to touch on, how good the jerseys were in that grand final. Yes. <laughs> Great point. These two jerseys, when you have a look, like you have a look at when so sometimes when there's games and jerseys go up against each other, it just doesn't do much for you. Mm. I thought this grand final was fucking unreal as far as jerseys go. The the Broncos, uh, very mostly maroon jersey with, with, with a bit of the um, yellow on it. And shout out to their major sponsor, I think it was Peertech. They changed their yellow a little bit of a different tone to fit in with the rest of the yellow on the Broncos jersey. Love that. Which Love for all so sponsors much. out there makes a world of fucking difference. Yeah. Makes right, such a difference. And you sort of had the Cowboys in their majority white sort of jersey. I just thought it was a great clash between these two teams. Yeah. Totally love it. Totally, totally. If the Broncos, it would have been 10 out of 10 if the Broncos had the yellow collars, but obviously kind of everything. Can't win them all, Matty. <laughs> Cannot win everything. them all. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you on the next episode of The Offseat. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.